following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. A samurai should always prepare for death whenever his own or someone else's. Hello, welcome to, oh, my motherfucker, why the fuck I do this shit every fucking time? Hey, welcome back to Getting Losers, starting a podcast. I am Chop. And I'm Cheetah. Uh, yeah, I'm getting, I was a little, uh, I was a little iffy on that one. <sighs> I don't even have anything to say anymore. Alright, this week's episode we'll be uh, talking about samurais. Uh, the, but we also have two other, like, I'll be discussing one samurai and... Cheetah over there be discussing another samurai. Yeah, basically we treated this episode this week like, kind of like you would for like a book report in school. He took a samurai, studied him. I took a samurai, studied him. And that's basically what we're going to do. He's going to give you a little brief uh, rundown of, you know, like samurai culture and that in general. And then we're going to dive into, uh, you know, talking about our dudes. So. Yeah, um. If you guys don't know, I do like the samurai style. What it meant for? I I got I got a samurai in my body, and today we got two special guests: Spider, uh, not Spider Man, Superman, and Batman, are in samurai gear. What do you think about that, Cheetah? Uh, whoop de doo. <laughs> you, you you don't seem so through about this episode today. Yeah, maybe it's because you literally just started researching four hours ago when I was at your house. You ever think of that? Yeah, I thought about that. But, um... Yeah, so let's, let's get this started with the, uh... The history. Samurai's history. Um, the samurai tradition, their or, or origin to the Himmler's period campaign to subdue the entire uh, Japanese people... And the Tokyo region, no, not Tohankon regional. But sorry, sorry, y'all. We're gonna, not going to be really saying much about trying to pronounce these words properly. You can blame us for that. You can blame me for it. But around the same time, warriors were included, hired by wealthy landlords that grew independent of the central governor and built uh, arms for their own protection. Um, pretty much a samurai. A samurai was a uh, was a military noble, an officer, case, castle of the uh, medieval, medieval and early modern uh, Japan from the late 12th century until about 1876. There were <coughs> there were well paid, retired. Of the Dean Moore, Dean Wine, the great feudal lord. 
Interesting. Interesting. Pretty much the um, samurais um started um started training when they're age, at the age of three. Okay, cool. So kind of like uh, kind of like uh, if anybody you know knows about the old uh, like GI Joe shit, you know how they had snake eyes. He was a samurai. Oh yeah. He was trained from very young age. Uh yeah, yeah. The um samurai. There's there's so many there's so many things. There's video games. There's animation. There's movies. Uh pretty much. Samurais were just a badass warrior for the Japans back in this 11th, 12th century. Yeah, just imagine me and me and Chibi being samurais. I'd probably be like that. I'd probably be like uh, Chris Farley and Beville Hill Ninja. Ruin the Jojo. <laughs> huh. So, what else you got to tell us about samurais? All right. Uh, samurais, uh, Look at my notes again. Oh my god! <laughs> and uh, Japanese historic warriors are usually referred to uh, ban shun, means uh, warrior or bulk, meaning military family. Each samurai design is, are their colors are cold or part of that family. And went to a, according to person up in the. In the upper ranks of society, this is also the true original term in Japan. Saburu, su, sad, uru, in both countries, the uh, term will normalize to mean those who serve to close account, uh, attention to the nobles. All right. So, like, how did how did someone become like a samurai? Is it like something that you could be born into, or were you like chosen to do it, or? I, am, I believe so. To, to to become one, it's pretty much a. I think you're, I think you were trained into it. Like, because it started when you're like three years old, whatnot. Um, I think it was because if your if your dad or, or was a. Part of the samurais, you be part of it, kind of deal. Oh, I just looked it up, and it says that the position of samurai was hereditary. You had to be born into it. It was very, very rare for someone born outside the samurai class to become one, although it could happen. So that's pretty cool, dude. Just imagine if you're not born into it, but you're you have amazing skills. I bet they will look at you like, oh, this guy's not born samurai, but let's put him in our uh, samurai class. Teach him how to do samurai shit. They say there's even ways to, like, they give you, like, I just found this website here. It gives you, it says, it's called Nine Ways to Become a Modern Day Samurai Warrior. Ooh. Nine days? Yeah. It says, uh, you may not be able to get away with wielding sharp objects or sharp swords in public. Wearing a full suit of armor to work probably won't go down well either. But the good news is there are a lot of other ways in which you can em- emulate the samurai and use their lessons to become a very, become a better version of yourself. So this is what they say. Uh, first, start by medita- we'll start with meditation. 
Uh, you can use meditation to help manage your response to modern-day stresses, which should set aside some time each morning to let go of your thoughts and observe the breath, trying to carry this state throughout your day. It's not about perfection. If you find yourself struggling, that doesn't mean you're, not, you're doing anything wrong. Uh, number two, develop your warrior code. The samurai followed the Bushido, the way of the warrior, a warrior code of conduct that dictated how they lived their lives. Honesty, respect, loyalty, compassion, and courage were some of the most important values they abided by. To be a modern-day samurai, it may be worth determining your own set of values, ones that are true to you, and endeavor and endeavor to live your life according to them. 3. Train your body. The samurai underwent intense physical training. They practiced digitally from a young age and were skilled in not only skilled not only in swordsmanship but also archery, hand-to-hand combat and grappling. Martial arts such as judo, jiu-jitsu, karate, kendo are all influenced by the samurai fighting style. The benefits of regular training stretch far greater than that than just the physical and can include valuable life lessons. Whether you choose martial arts or not, make some form of exercise a regular habit. Build that delicate balance of strength, mobility, and endurance. 4. Eat healthily. Diet was an important aspect of the samurai's way of life, helping to maintain their health and prepare their bodies for the rigors of war. The samurai diet was likely one based on vegetables, rice, fermented foods like miso, with perhaps small amounts of fresh seafood and poultry. Nutrition is often made out to be quite a confusing subject, but it doesn't have to be that way. Simply opting for more home-cooked meals, prioritizing whole foods, and eating mindfully can go a long way. 5. Serve Others The name samurai can actually be translated as those who serve, as well as being warriors. The samurai were loyal servants to the emperor, to their masters, even to the public. We can translate this into modern day by living living by developing a vision that is greater than ourselves. How can we contribute to making the world a better place for all? This might be volunteering time, donating to charity, or simply helping strangers. Number six, practice mindfulness. The samurai took part in the traditional Japanese tea ceremony, which created a level of ground between the classes. They remained mindful all throughout the ceremony in order to carry out the intricate steps and to ensure it was an enlightening experience for all involved. Mindfulness is essentially an extension of your meditation practice. Slow down. Simplify your life wherever you can. Be mindful. Pay attention to what you are doing. Let go of the past. Stop worrying about the future. And instead do your best to reside in the present moment. Easier said than done but it's a very worthy pursuit. Number seven, foster creativity. The samurai were dedicated to artists, practicing calligraphy, poetry, music, and painting. They viewed art as a component of life that was just essential as their physical training and spiritual practice. We all have this ability to express ourselves in our own unique way. It might be writing, playing an instrument, building Legos, or gaming. Whatever medium you choose, let your creativity flow. It could be an active form of meditation. 8. Keep learning. The samurai placed a high regard for education. 
It's said that they strive for the harmony of fighting and learning, which sounds pretty cool to me. Often in the modern world, we finish up with our formal schooling and assume we're done with learning for good. Instead, keep searching, keep growing. At the same time, appreciate what you already have achieved. And finally, number nine, <coughs> strive for mastery. Whatever the samurai practiced, they did it, did so to their utmost ability. Whether it was martial arts, calligraphy, the tea ceremony, or med- meditation, they strive to be experts. This is something I've observed in other aspects of Japanese culture. Mastery is not something that will necessarily, that'll ever necessarily achieve, but there are many lessons we can learn in the pursuit of it. So that's nine ways to become a modern day samurai. Oh, oh, samurai! <coughs> so I think one of the coolest things always for me, like, because I don't know a whole ton about like you know samurai culture and that, but I think one of the coolest things that I've always known about it was that it was more than just you know these badass warriors that could lead these blade, wield these blades and shit. You know, a lot of the times, you know, when you like dig deeper into it, you see it's these guys that have like. They have trained their bodies and their minds to, like, think and, like, react to stuff a certain way, you know what I mean? Like, that's why a lot of the times they'll say that, like, you know, a lot of, like, samurais in movies and shit, you'll see sometimes they'll, like, you know, once they get to, like, the end of, like, their journey, they'll, like, say that they have, like, they finally have reached inner peace because, like, you know, it becomes, like, a, it's, like, a very spiritual thing, which has always been super cool to me, which is always one of the things I've always loved about it. It's that is, it was always more than just, you know, Fighting, being and, a badass and fighting, yeah, yeah. So, <coughs> definitely for sure. Um, as soon as you, because um, samurai and Buddhism kind of almost like connect or not connect, but more like a collab or something. Because you need, because with the study of Buddhism, uh, is because you need to find inner peace. If you don't find inner peace, then what's what's the point? Then you be uh, a murderer. But if you're finding inner peace. And before you go to battle, you say you say a quick prayer or something, and we go to battle. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. The, um. I got um. I got a couple other things I, I say about uh about the samurai cold life or something. Then naturally we talk about our peoples. Uh, they're known as uh budge. But Shun, and in, in Japanese, the samurais were known as Buzz, uh, Buzz Ha, in Japan or Brank. The term samurai only began to apply in the first part of the 10th century. Originally used uh, denote uh, uh, warriors. By the end of the 12th century, samurais became most likely a symbol with the. Basha Bushido 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 is used to denote a warrior who may or may not be a samurai the world the word samurai are closely with the with the mid of the uppercase emotion of the warrior class pretty much there's like a um, there's like a, a I was looking at this one video, like, uh, yesterday or so, Cheetah, they were talking about, like, the, uh, samurais were, like, below a, sh- a shogun. Shogun was, like, pretty much, like, a top boss or something. Uh, class, military technique, uh, 
grind something. The term used. The the term will be used to apply for all members of warrior class that roast rice power in the 12th century and dominated, dominated the go, Japanese government until the Ming re, re, Revolution. Uh, they follow a cult called Baju, means the uh, or boy, Handu or something. Means the way of the warrior. Samurais form an unwritten code of conduct, later formed as Baz Bus Hadu, loosely compared to the European code of civils. Civil? See. Diploma from the 16th centuries require that the samurai participate in order a skill, self decline, self sacrifice. Brave and honor, the the ideal samurai will be a stone warrior who f- follow the, this code and help brave honor the personal loyal about above their lives and themselves. Pretty much, uh, samurais had to live by they had to, uh, not live by the code, but they they follow this code. It's like an unwritten it's like an unwritten uh, rule code. Chitty, do you have that in life? Do you have like an unwritten code you follow by? Yeah. It's nothing good though. <laughs> um, but um, but 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 in your code, do you do you honor the elderly people? Sure. Let's go with that. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> but real quick, kind of like off of what you're saying about like the Buddhism and all that. I found a little a little section right here in this article I want to read real quick. Uh, it's called The Calm Mind of a Warrior. Uh, it says, From the 13th, 13th century, samurai conduct became heavily influenced by Zen Buddhism. By being present in the moment, Zen training allowed a samurai to become one with their sword, and the free and spontaneous mind gave them mental edge over their enemy. Zen meditation calmed the mind and gave a warrior philosophy philosophical strength to deal with their inevitable death. Zen complemented and influenced the way of the warrior and over four centuries Zen practices such as tea ceremony, monochrome ink painting, rock gardens and poetry, haikus introduced by monks were allowed to flourish thanks to these great warriors. Buddhist teachings had such an immense Effect that as they became more ingrained in samurai life, some samurai lost meaning in killing and gave up their swords for lives as monks. <coughs> so that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that these guys found like such like inner peace in like this Zen like stuff that they ended up giving up their swords and became monks instead because they felt like there was no more reason to kill anymore. Yo, yo, I mean. I'm 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 gonna put you this hypothetical question. So if you like, if you're fighting this guy for a while, and he just disappears, you don't know what happened to him. It was like rumors like he died from another battle, but you give up your sword as a monk. But the guy comes finds you in your temple. Do you pick the sword up, or you just take the sacrifice? Um, I'm pretty sure it's not something you can just go back and forth. Or you can just put your sword down and be like, oh, you know what? Actually, now I want to go kill again. 
No, I'm talking. It was like a more. It was more of a spiritual thing to them, though. When they were giving up their swords, it wasn't just a oh, you know, uh, you know, I'm just giving it up. It was more of a I have no. I feel like I have no more reason to kill because the power that I have the the moment that I have reached now is bigger than anything else will ever give me. Like I feel so like empowered in the moment, and like I'm like so in touch with my zen that like. Killing people will never give me that feeling ever again. Like, this is a higher power than I will ever feel again. Uh, I see. It was like a very, very deep thing for them. Oh, definitely, for sure. But, yeah, but I'll, yeah, yeah, I'm going to take that comment back. I just said, like, what if, the, what if your biggest foe finds you? Or, 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 but let me rephrase that. You're in, you're in your, you're in your, uh, monk, you're in your uh, temple. You ever give it up, but um, your your biggest foe comes in to join your temple, and he sees you. Do you uh, f- forgive him, or you just don't talk to him, or just try to make try to make peace? Where, uh, how's it not getting through to your brain? What I'm saying. These guys, when they get to this point where they're like, "Oh, I'm going to give up my sword and become a monk." It's because they've reached such a higher power that nothing else matters to them anymore. So you think if their old flow walks in, they're going to be like, oh, I'm not going to forgive this guy because, you know, we used to be fight. We used to fight. No, they're going to be like, listen, if you're ready to, you know, if you're ready to feel something that's going to be bigger than anything you've ever felt before, then I'm sure they're not going to say, no, get out. You can't be here. At that point, it's got to be more of a, you know. None of the other shit that happened before matters anymore because I've found inner peace. I've found I'm completely centered for the first time ever. That's probably all it means to them, you know what I mean? Like, at that point, they don't even care about the fighting and shit anymore. They just want to continue to feel... The peace? Yeah, like, to feel at peace for once. Yeah, it's true. You become a monk. You don't have to worry about what happened. Because I'm sure a lot of samurais throughout the years, I'm sure you'd find samurais that probably fought for years hoping that they'd find inner peace one day and they never did. They died never having it. Oh yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure there's been something like that. Uh, <clears throat> there there were entire social classes. Original samurais was defer as those who served in in close attention to the nobles. Once again. Um it, in time it's evidence that it became associated with the Bansan Basahai class, particularly middle and upper t- tier soldiers, and early part of the To Agarwan period from nineteen from sixteen oh three to eighteen sixty four sixty seven. Samurai became closer. Cast as a part of a large, uh, most uh, effect to freeze, and um, some of the uh, social order. I thought they were allowed to wear their two sword that symbolizes the social power. Most samurais were forced to become a civil civil service or take capture or. Certain trades at peak to the ten percent Japanese population were, were samurais. Today, 
even Japanese people is said to have at least one, at least have some samurai blood in them. Like back in the uh, 1600s, it was 10% of Japanese people that were samurais. And now today, if you if you look at the bloodline, t- today's Japanese people, they might have some samurai in them. But how, how pretty cool is that? Like your ancestors were samurais and you just found out today was your day. You Like your great, 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 great grandfather was a, one of the best samurais in the world. How will you feel about that? No, no, I think it'd be pretty sick. Oh yeah. Uh the samurai's uh the symbols with the with the sword, the samurai forged katanas. Katanas is their main weapon they use. The tenth century blacksmith Mukun Khan added by a a spirit it's pretty much he forges a sword the symbol on the sword is uh the range, the samurai uses ranged weapons however the main original weapons was the sword known as the chokotu it's similar smaller version of a straight sword later used by medieval knights as, as swords, like uh, you got something to say? Oh no, I was just looking up katana blades to see if I could find anything, and they got one here. Uh, it's called the Hanjo uh, Masamuni, and it's remembered as possibly the finest Japanese katana ever made. Its hardness and sharpness are said to be unmatched, making it the flagship sword of the legendary. Masuming Forge. So that's pretty cool. Oh fuck yeah! Yo, dude, a samurai sword. Yo, um, I got a funny moment. Uh, you remember watching Step Brothers? Yeah. Remember the part where um, where they start becoming friends? Yeah. And uh, who was it? Was it uh, was it Brandon or Dale? I don't know. Is that, hey, I got the sword. Signed by Randy Jackson. Oh, I didn't have nothing. He signed it. Oh, wow. Even cooler about that Hanjo uh, Masamune sword. Uh, They said it's lived a storied life over the past seven centuries, but as of 2016, its whereabouts are still a mystery. They still have no idea what happened to it. Yeah, what if Chopping Cheetah finds that sword? You got a lot of fucking pipe dreams, you know what? Oh, fuck yeah. We gotta have pipe dreams around here. Um, they, uh, the samurais also use different kind of weapons besides their swords. The samurais will often use the yama, a long bowl. <laughs> they uh, they uh, regulate practices with that will also use a yam. Japanese spear when gunpowder was introduced in the 1600s the samurai abandoned their bowls in favor of firearms and cannons yo just imagine it's like you get rid of your bowl but you get a gun now that'd be that'd be crazy 
Uh, the armor was highly functional. Unlike clunks of armor worn by Euro- European knights, a samurai armor was designed for mobile. Like, pretty much, you like see how uh, the if you ever see like the armor, because they got to do more. They got to do more badass shit. They got to be more loose. Yeah. Uh, real quick, just going off of uh, you know, talking about you were talking about. There's other weapons that they've used. Uh, I got a list here of six. Six Japanese weapons of a samurai. First, we got the katana, a blade and soul of the warrior. Uh, then we got a wakiza shiv, an auxiliary blade. Just kind of like a smaller katana. It's only about 12 to 24 inches long. And a slightly curved blade. Uh, That's almost like a dagger. Yeah, it was used as like a backup sword. Or sometimes to commit the ritual suicide of seppuku. Seppuku. Uh, then we have a tanto. A double-edged knife. Which uh just used for like stabbing and slashing. <laughs> uh, then we have nag- naganata. A long-bladed pole. Which, uh... It's a lot of a lot of uh, female warriors would use, and then also a yumi, yumi. the ancient Japanese longbow. Hey, hey, I said that word right. And then kab- kabuto wari, a skull breaking knife. <laughs> it was carried as a sidearm, and it means helmet breaker or skull breaker. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. It yep. came in two forms, a dirk type and a turchin type. The blade of the dirk type was designed to split the helmet of the enemy. So yeah, that's fucking wild. Can you imagine just someone walking up and just being like, Whoosh, break right through your helmet and break your skull Dude, with a knife? That'd yeah, be fucking wild. You know, all those, uh, all those weapons, just, what weapon would you be afraid of? I'd be afraid of fucking all of them. What do you mean? They're all deadly in the right hands. Oh, fuck yeah. The Skull Buster. The fucking... Dude, the Katana. I'm probably afraid of Katana because uh, certain somebody can use it in one combo move and slice you up. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Katanas, let's do something real quick. Hold on. All right. If you, you're looking stuff up? Yeah, you go ahead. They were highly, and is intelligence spelled L I T E R A T E? Sure, wasn't listening to anything you just said. Uh in culture, the samurais were far from just a warrior, as they're a sense of noble of their era. The majority of samurais were exactly well educated, directed them as a samurai suit to better himself in many ways, multiple ways, including outside combat, samurais were getting highly intelligent or not challenged and skulls, skills and mathematicals and math. The uh, samurai culture produced a great number of unique Japanese art as of 
Was it the tea ceremony, the rock graduating, the flower arrangement? They were students, category, and literate, wrote poems and produced ink paintings. Like what Cheetah said earlier. earlier. There wasn't all about fighting. They were about culture. Really? Oh, my bad. Go ahead. Finish what you guys said. Yeah, um, like, if if you're going to plan out a battle, you need math to figure out your dimensions. You need to figure out how many men you can bring into battle. What's the area? How far can you go? And how how fast can you uh, swing your katana? Yeah. But, uh, real quick, what I was looking for, I looked up, uh, uh, I looked up an article real quick to see, uh, if anybody had ranked, uh, like, movie, or, like, TV show katanas, and I found one top five list, so, or top five ultimate movie katanas, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through the list real quick, for, right at number one, they got the Walking Dead sword, Michonne's, uh, katana from Walking Dead. Uh, then number two, they got the 47 Ronin Sword. Then number three, they got the Kill Bill Katana. Uh, number four, they have the Matrix Katana. Oh, dude, I remember that one. And then number five, they have the Last Samurai Katana. From Tom Cruise movie. That's pretty cool. You ever watch that movie? No. <laughs> I really like... Tom Cruise? <laughs> yeah, I just don't really like... Like samurai movies, really. I don't really like those kinds of movies, really. They're not really my thing. But yeah, I just wanted to say that real quick. So. Yeah, I wish I could have a katana. I know, I know someone has a katana, but they're not sharp at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Let's get back in this. All right. Where are uh, we at? Um, I got just three more things. There were female samurai warriors. I thought samurais were strictly muscular ter- term that the Japanese bunshot class did. Incruz who received the same training in martial arts and strength as a samurai. Samurai woman was referred to Oni, Bug, Asunha, and Forza combination along with the male samurai. The warrior of choice, the weapon of choice for Umbango was the native spear. Uh, that spear, what Cheetah was saying. And uh, like a curved sword-like blade that was very, very uh, was light. Use um, evidence included the Japanese women uh, participate frequently in battle. DNA tests contained at at the site of the fifteen eighty battle of Senbu Masanbon showed up that thirty five out of a hundred. Five bodies were female. It's pretty cool. Now, fuck yeah. Don't you got, uh, before we jump into talking about our guys real quick, don't you got some facts you want to rattle off to us? Oh, uh, yeah, I was reading my facts. Oh, those were your facts? Yeah. Oh, all right. Because, uh, 
yeah, hey, uh, we're supposed to have another person on here with us to help us. I was like, all right, if if we had the other person, I will just go through the list fast. That's all right. Because I'm trying to, I'm trying to like take his spot out. That's all right. Are you done with your facts? No, I got like two more. All right. Um, foreigners could be samurais. Under the special circumstances, that's a big-ass word. Circumstances. Circumstances. Individuals from outside Japan could fight alongside the samurai. In some rare cases, they could even be the one. This special honor could only be, be best known by a powerful leader such as a shogun. Or a Dim Mai Rai, or a territorial leader, Lord. There are four European men who were recorded as having a giant samurai status. The English cell man, William Adams. Yo, that's the same guy that's uh, got the liquor bottle. Great White Ninja. Great White Ninja. His Dutch comrade... Oh, Jan, Jan Hoskasson, Van Lord, Lord Hoskasson. Um, yeah, dude, I'm just fucking these names. <laughs> oh my God, sorry, sorry. The French Navy officer Eugene Clanson, and the arms arms dealer Edward Strahd Schoenut. There's four of them. All right, that's it. Yeah, the next one is uh, get to the last person. Uh, Skip Pon Quinn was an able process. Skip Pon On Skun, Skun Kun was the art, the act of uh, it's pretty pretty much um, like if if you feel you're cold. If you like, because you know how the uh, the simmers had their cold of honor. If you fell, you go through this process. Like, just a, it's a, a ceremony of suicide. It's pretty. It's pretty much just fucked up. But um, yeah, suicide of Despolnet sued as repeated and own actually uh, in dishonor and defeat. Uh, could uh, skip uh, skip could could either be in punishment or a volunteer act performed by the samurai if he failed to follow the or the uh, that code the banshan han do or face captured by the enemy with the two f- forms of uh, that word again. The battlefield version and the former version, the first pierce of the the first pierce of the stomach with a short short blade move move left to right until the samurai have sliced himself open and dis moment himself or dis uh, chop himself up pretty much. Himself and attaching to use a friend who uh, would 
then uh, decapi- uh, decapitate him. Just pretty much chop his head off. The folding Chabunda begins with a, a ceremony bath, after which the samurai dresses in white robe will be given his favorite meal. A blade will be then placed on his empty plate. After his meal, the samurai will write a death poem, or haku, and tradition in turn text escape his his final words. He will he will wrap his uh he will wrap a cloth around the blade and slice his stomach open. Jesus. Yo, these motherfuckers don't fucking play. So it's not bad enough that you gotta die, but you gotta fucking literally kill yourself. Like it's pretty much you gotta like kill That's yourself. Wild. No, dude, it's it's telling you if you fuck like if the mission is try to capture uh uh try to capture somebody or try to capture the princess over on the other side, you you fail. I was like it was your responsibility. But you he's pretty much like it's like, Hey uh Cheetah, um what's your favorite meal? Alright. Can you just go just take a shower, take to wash all your wash all the bed off? Oh my oh. god, that's crazy, dude! It's wild, but they will do it. They won't car. They won't car themselves out. Like wild shit. I don't know how. I, I don't know how I feel that, but he attempt that will detach him. It's leave a small strip of flesh in the for, front, so the head will fall forward and remain in the. Samurai's embarrassment. Yeah, it was like, it was like, if you fucked up so bad, like, all right, you go, you go eat this meal in front of us. You gonna take? I don't know if this was in front of them. I think, I think it was because the shogun was like a, a a leader or something. Oh, that's fucking crazy. It's wild. Crazy man, crazy. All right, you want to fucking get into our guys real quick before yeah. we wrap this up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you go. You want me to go first? Or you want to go first? Uh, you go first because I'm gonna try to say this name, try to practice his name in my head. All right, well, I'm gonna hit you with a quote by my guy real quick, and then I'll give you a little rundown of who he is. Uh, my art is different than yours. It consists not in defeating others, but in not being defeated. To to Sakara Bokudin. I'm just gonna call him Bokudin. Because the other part's harder now pronounce. <laughs> uh, Bokudin was born Asako to a priest of the Yoshikawa family who served to the local Kashima clan. Early in life, he was adopted by the Tusakaharas, an extended branch of the Kashima clan, due to the early death of his adopted father's biological son. Thus, his name became Tusakara. Shinamon Takamoto. Bokudin learned Tenshin Shodin Katori Shinto, one of the oldest Japanese martial arts, having mastered the style at the still young age of 17. He desired to continue his studies, so he traveled throughout Japan, learning from the finest living swordsmen of his day. From a rich family, he did not do this alone, but with a large retirement Retinue. Uh, during his journey, he took part in nearly 20 duels and 40 engagements. He managed to kill 21 warriors of note, 
around the age of 20. He met he met a famed swordsman, Ochiachi Torizaman. Bokunin challenged Oiachi to a duel, which Oiachi accepted dismissively. Oiachi was twice Bokunin's age, so he did not consider Bokunin a threat. Much to his surprise, Bokunin quickly defeated him. While duels could be to the death, Bokunin chose to let Ochiachi <clears throat> live. Oachi, humiliated by the defeat, dishonorably laid an ambush for the young samurai. When Oachi was attacked, Bokunin <clears throat> had only a moment to react. Drawing his wakishi in an instant, Bokunin fatally wounded Oachi, who spent his dying moment questioning why Bokunin didn't draw his katana. Bokunin replied, that the shorter sword better suited the small distance he had to work with. Bokunin would often retire, return home to his visitor's adopted family, and on one such occasion his father saw fit to cement Bokunin's place as future clan leader by Bokunin, by having Bokunin marry his daughter, Bokunin's adopted sister. Bokunin didn't fight only swordsmen. In one duel he fought a vicious man, Kajiara, Natago, who used the Nag- Naginata, a sword on a stick. Kajiarwa was famous for causing great pain with his strikes, leaving his opponent to die in horrible agony. Bokudin simply cut off the sword blade from the rest of the weapon, leaving his opponent defenseless. Bokudin then easily dispatched Kai- Kajiarwa. Having gained so much experience... Bokunin eventually developed his own sword fighting style, claiming to have received it from the deity his biological father served. He named it the Kashimi Shintowaiu, single-cut style. After his many years of traveling, he went back and served in his Daimo's army until retirement age, about age 37. Then he opened his own sword school. One of the students he taught would become a future shogun of Japan. As Bokunin aged, he began to turn his thoughts away from how to kill an opponent to how to avoid fighting one in the first place. This was partially because he was tired of all the young, uptight swordsmen constantly challenging him because of his renown. In one instance, he referred to his new fighting style as his no-sword style. There is one famous instance that exemplifies this line of thought, and he would we would be remiss if we did not include it here. One day on a boat, a young boisterous and arrogant swordsman claiming to be the best challenged all the passengers the now aged Bokudin was unimpressed immediately drawing the attention of the challenger Bokudin agreed to a duel claiming that he would defeat the youngster unarmed however the duel should be held on a remote island so as not to disturb anyone the challenger agreed and when they arrived at the island jumped off the boat and drew his blade Bokudin merely grabbed the boat's paddle and pushed off leaving the samurai stranded. As he paddled away, Bokunin shouted, Here is my no-sword school. Bokunin lived to the ripe old age of 83, dying in 1571. He had killed over 212 people in total. In all his duels, he had never been wounded, and in all his battles, he was only wounded six times, only by arrows. As stories often do, Bokunin's skills have grown with the telling, and so many stories have been told 
about him that it is hard to separate fact from fiction. One story that we know is false, however, is Bokunin's supposed duel with other famed master, Miyamoto Musashi. Bokunin died 13 years before Musashi was born. In the story, during a dinner, Miyamoto challenged Bokunin to a duel. Bokunin accepted, but when Miyamoto drew his blade and attacked, Bokunin calmly, calmly blocked the stroke with the lid of the pot he was eating from. So, yeah, that's my boy. Yeah. Tasukuro Bokunin. Badass, dude. Well, I can't I can he trained the future Shogun. Yeah, that's crazy. Good dude, man. 212 people only wounded six times in battle and only by arrows. Yeah. That's that, fucking badass. That's a bad motherfucker right there. Yeah, and lived to 83. That's not, that's rare for samurais, dude. A lot of samurais don't make it that old. Man, it's, most samurais only make it to like 60, 50, 30. That's crazy, dude. You're badass, a man. A little bad. What the fuck? I hope, I hope my guy could compare to your guy. Yeah. Well, let's get my guy in now. All right, let's hear. Let's hear about this Mayamoto. Mayamoto Musho, born 1585 in the Himalayas prob- province, died June 13, 1645. Uh, per- uh, program. Uh the Haigo of Providence. Uh, it was known as... Pretty much this guy was... Um, he had 61 duels on his belt. Uh, hold on, let me, just, let me just read my notes again. Uh, it was... Uh, the Madrid... Ugh, fucking A. Uh, yeah, he had 61 duels... His his dad is uh Shanman uh Mushun who uh, was a martial arts expert in swords and in the uh, the ja, the juja. It's like a little fucking slingshot uh weapon. He also was the father of samurai oh he died uh the, his father died of natural causes. But pretty much is uh um Maya Amuta. He had a uh, he had undefeated rec- in his record sixty one duels, but his f- his fatal uh, duel that got him. Uh, there was some guy named Moskon Gunnan Sunsna Kat Sun Ushi. I keep in that term. Oh, Yoshi's in this term. Was a samurai in, of the early 17th century and traditional founder of the Kornwan school of Jotu known as Shutnutu Mosun Rans. He perhaps, he, he is perhaps most famous for his duel with the legendary my uh Mota, uh, Mota, and that's how I, I believe that's how Maya Mota, uh, Mia Amota Mushi died. He was like six. He was sixty to sixty-one years old because because during the history books they, they really didn't know when was his birthday. But uh, yeah, his dad. Um, 
Mushan Dad that was was well known. And uh with uh with this guy, the the guy the guy I looked up. Uh he he's in a couple books. Uh oh, was was he uh uh, was my Momota was a Samer or or a Rowan? A a a Rowan, a Ronin. A Ronin is pretty much a samurai, but they are not part of the cult. They're like like black. Uh, what was his name in uh, Avengers? Oh, uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, Ronin. Yeah, Ronin. Or he, he. Yeah, they like serve no master. Basically, he served no master. Yeah, they basically they're kind of like anti-heroes, kind of like do their own thing. They don't really have to follow a code; they can kill anybody. Huh. Uh, beginning from the west, Masu served in the Himalayas force, which proved unfortunate after the proven battle of Shikandan on October twenty-first, sixteen hundred, or at least a victory and. His control of Japan, Musha somehow managed to escape with his life, but he had became a Ronin, a, a Ronin, a samurai without a master. How Cheetah said it. Uh, yes. The majority of J- Japanese people know knows uh, Mushu. Maya Mota. It's, it's funny how they say their names. Is you say your last name first, and you say your first name last. I still never get that. Them, uh, as a, as a Japanese famous, most famous and most skilled swordsman. Yes, he, he has sixty one. Yo, he won sixty one and one. Not bad. He was like sixty. He was uh, yeah, undefeated record in his sixty one duels. Uh, his his mom like I was, when I was looking him up, I think his mom either was died at birth when gave him birth and she died, or she was never really mentioned to it. Yeah, I mean it's like that with a lot of things though. That old, you know, a lot of people just don't even either they don't know or they just you know not really mentioned in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Dude, I wish your brother was on. I, w- I wonder what was his uh, samurai have been. Well, I mean, we could always have him back and just do it again, you know what I mean? And with that, we just do this again and just do different samurais again. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, there's fucking tons of them out there. If we could do uh, fiction samurais. Yeah, I mean, we can always do this. This is something we can always revisit down the road. Yeah, um, Cheetah, um, if you are if you guys are, uh, if you know we're playing video games, if you guys have you should play that uh, game of... Uh, uh, the ghost of uh, t- ghost of Tsushima, Tashima, Tsushima, Tashima. It's Tsushima. It's a T. Yeah, the T's silent. Right. Anyway, <laughs> that that game is a real good uh, samurai game. And you got Dynasty Warriors. That's Chinese. I'm Dynasty Warriors. My shit back in the day. I used to love that game. Hell yeah! Me and my brother used to rent those games all the time and just go to war, dude. It was badass. I'd always play as the big fat guys. 
with big giant fucking sticks with big ball on the end of them. Oh, well, once again, I was just looking up again. Who is the greatest Rona and of all, of all time? Mamaya Amota Mushi was the greatest. Yeah, that's pretty badass. Sounds kind of like a bitch to me. Yeah, I, be, uh, I bet my dude will probably put. I bet my samurai put your. Samurai. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, my samurai. would have whooped that ass, dude. Come yeah, on, you okay? Bokun would put a whooping on that ass, dude. But Bokun didn't have no double sided sword. Don't matter, motherfucker. Shit, I, I, you know how I like the contact. My man killed two hundred and twelve people, dude. Okay. Yeah. He's a well, fucking beast. Yeah, but he never got the chance to met. Uh. Yeah, because he died thirteen years before he was even born. Yeah. Re- I could recreate. Let's recreate that situation. Yeah, I bet Bokun whooped that ass. I bet he doesn't. And I'm gonna tell him to whoop your ass too while he's at it. I'm gonna tell you whoop your ass. I'm gonna tell my dude to whoop your ass. You can't even say your fucking dude's name. Yeah, I could. Am I Amota Mamushi? Nope. Yes, it is. Nope. Yeah. All right, what's fucking time check, dude? Come on. <laughs> time check. Nuts. Time check. 56 minutes and 40 seconds. Holy fuck. But, yo, that's better than last week's episode. All right, let's 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 pump up this last couple minutes. Make it an hour. All right, fuck it. Well, we'll just talk about random shit right here. First, I want to say something. I don't want to get all preachy on you guys. You know, I don't want you guys to get all fucking annoyed. I get all preachy every episode. Oh, let's get the preacher. But over the weekend, you know, I, I got uh, I got a notice put on my door by my park about, you know, getting my yard cleaned up or I'd be fined. And you know me. Anybody who knows me personally knows that, you know, when I stress out about shit, I stress hard. And, uh, you know, I just want to give a shout out to my mom and my and my, uh, my grandfather and my buddy Zach who all came through for me while I was at work. And they went above and beyond cleaning up my yard and it looks probably the best it's looked in years and you know it just it means a lot man it means a lot when people do shit like that for you so you know i mean basically the only reason i'm telling you this is just to tell you guys you know show up for the people that you care about you know because it, it it goes a long way sometimes you know i was having a really couple couple rough days and then when my mom texted me and told me that you know my grandfather was there and that zach was there you know it really brightened really brightened things up for me so you know if you can show up for the people you care about because you never know, you know. Sometimes it could be, sometimes you would think it's just, you know, showing up to, you know, just help mom with something. whole time you you showing up could be, you know, something that keeps them going, you know. So just basically show up for your people when and if you can. Be for the, be there for the people you care about, and chances are they're going to be there for you. So, you know, I just wanted to give a little shout out to them real quick, you know, on this week's episode. Just tell me, you know, I appreciate that meant a lot to me. Also, wanted to plug uh, next week, which is my week again. Uh, we're finally jumping back into serial killers, finally. What the fuck? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I was looking it up earlier today at the house, because I don't want to do bigger. I don't want to do, like, the ones that a lot of people know. I want to do somebody, you know, not, not a lot of people know about. Hold on, hold on. And I found a guy who I think is going to be pretty interesting to talk about, so we'll... We'll jump into that next week. It should be pretty cool. We're not going to tell the name now. No, no. We're not going to say any of that. It's a little bit of a lesser-known guy, but from the little bit I've read about him already, he's pretty fucked. He's a pretty fucked-up guy. So it's definitely going to be a trigger-warning episode next week for sure because there's yo, a lot of uh, bad yo, stuff involved. Yo, Chido, 
Was our last year killer uh, Altamio Sanchez? That's the last one we do. Man, I hope. I hope that was forever ago. I hope our audio don't fuck up this time. Yeah, maybe just don't touch shit this time. How about that? Uh, how, about you, how about you cram it? I'll, I'll get my katana on your ass. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'll beat your ass right now in a katana war. But yeah, that's uh, you know, that's that's it for me, I guess, for announcements and shit. Just plug the next episode and you know, give a little shout out, thanking people for showing up for me this weekend. Uh, so yeah, I guess I'll hand it over to Chop. See if he's got any announcements he wants to make before we wrap this bitch up. Yeah, I don't got no announcements. Sean, this motherfucker uh, don't never have announcements. Motherfucker. I've been doing this for this long. He still can't ever think of shit to say. I got shit stuff. to say. You know, you know, never got announcements, dude. I hardly got up announcements. I'm a quiet, simple kind of guy out yeah, here, okay. man. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I've, I've mentioned um, in the near future, uh, we're going to have a special guest. We won't be in the studio for this for the episode, we'd be live at my house. Yep. Going to be wait. interviewing the man, the myth, the legend. He's he's the uh, he's the guy that's expired, kept, uh, not Captain, uh, Mr. America. The Butcher of 18th. Hey. Boxing extraordinaire. Hey, write that down. Boxing extraordinaire. Boxing extraordinaire. He had the power Downtown of Redneck. Mr. America. Mr. Origi- America Inspiry. Original. And Edward Harrigan himself. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because... Yeah, I'll we'll get him on you know, a week or two, maybe. Something like okay. that. Yeah, but I'm just... Now, if you're going to put my grandfather on, you got to put your grandfather if he wants. My grandfather ain't going to come on. He fucking hates me. Nah, he don't. Yeah, he does. No, he don't. Yeah, he does. And um, I'm sad now. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Grandpa fucking hates me. I'm sad. And I uh, also like to thank uh, Samurai Batman and Samurai Superman being here for us in our Samurai episode. Yeah, thank you for literally nothing. Literally did not serve the episode at all. They served me the episode. They never keep on looking at me. <laughs> all right, well, I guess we're going to get on out of here. Chop out. Cheetah out. Thanks for riding along. Thanks for riding along, losers. Catch you. <laughs>